So in our last episode, we talked about the easy stuff and trying to relocate to Europe, trying to get everything packed, 50 years of fun and happiness into five suitcases. This episode's about the expensive stuff, which I tend to have more of than you. Well, and we're not packing up quite yet, but we are having an eye to the things that we're going to be able to fit into five suitcases. Welcome back to Finding Gina Marie, our video podcast about discovering family and our journey to relocate to Europe. If you've missed any of our other episodes, please visit FindingGinaMarie.com where you can find information about them and contact information for us. If you're new here, hi, I'm Judy. And I'm Kevin. I want to give a huge thank you to all of our viewers who gave us so many different suggestions about places to, to visit while we're in Portugal. And we are marking down all of those and researching them all. And I really appreciate all of your feedback um, on, on all of our videos. So feel free to hit us up with any questions or with any ideas that you have that you think might be interesting to us. Yeah, leave stuff in the comments. We love hearing from you. So with some of the easy stuff that we've set aside already and gotten rid of, there have actually been books we've gotten rid of and uh, things that we just don't use, stuff that was very valuable to somebody out there that we just didn't have a use for anymore. And it feels really good to be emptying our apartment. Chipping away at it, just every little piece of the puzzle. Like, okay, that's one more thing. But we wanted to do this episode about the expensive stuff because, I, I mean, I have more of it than she does, as I said. And some of it requires, well... I mean, let's put it this way. I'm doing the video production on these podcasts. And so I have a lot more camera equipment. I have guitars and uh, amps and other things that are still in use, but they take a long time to actually sell. Some of what we're referring to as expensive is relatively expensive. But the point is that because it's maybe furniture or things that cost more than $100 uh, to sell to someone, that may take a little bit longer than the things that are free. Some of the more expensive things that we own that we're not taking with us are also the things that we use all the time. Like I have four guitars and I don't play them all the time. Time, but I do love all those guitars. They all can't go with me, but they're also the backdrop for my other channel, Whiskey Riffs. So I'm not going to take them, two of them off the wall and suddenly have these blank spots. And same with some of our furniture. You know, it's not stuff we're sitting on every day necessarily, but it's part of the decorative nature of our apartment. We're going to be working backwards from when we're actually planning to leave and give ourselves six weeks beforehand to sell the things that we're using on a day-to-day -day basis. But there are things like the Lazy Boy that's in our son's bedroom that he never uses, doesn't like. And it's a nice piece of furniture, yeah. but there's no reason for us to hang on to it. So we're looking to just get rid of that now. Technically, it would be part of the easy stuff, but because there's a price tag to it, it's the expensive stuff. Yeah. Easy stuff means we can just give it away if we want to. The expensive stuff means we'd like to get some money for it, or we'd like to make sure it's not going into a landfill somewhere. So let's do a little bit more due diligence. The problem is that we talked about today the date hasn't been picked yet for when we're moving. So we really don't know our lead time. It's something we have to get to. It's something in the process, but we have to know a little bit more about where we are, where we're going. I mean, we have a trip to Lisbon coming up and we have a trip to Verona coming up. And both those places, we're only going to be in Lisbon for a week. Verona is four weeks. So we're going to find out a little bit more about living in Europe 
during the four-week one? Some of the things that we have on our list are like computer equipment, electronic. I have a Peloton that we'll not be taking with us. Yeah, you're certainly not taking the Peloton <laughs> with us. That thing's massive. We have a very expensive espresso machine. That's not going away until the very last minute because <laughs> I need my cappuccinos. That sound Italian? Cappuccinos. No, no, doesn't at all. Cappuccino. Cappuccino. <laughs> okay, I'll do better. Yeah, there's things like that all over that, you know, we just can't get rid of right now. And it's, and it's really hard, though, because it would feel good <laughs> to have some of the big stuff out of the way. The last phase of this is actually going to be some sort of service that helps us get rid of the bigger stuff. Because once we make this decision to go, uh, we're going to have to have furniture to sit on until we actually leave. So I don't want that to go away. But it's going to be harder to even plan selling any of that stuff. So we're going to lose some money on the bigger things that maybe are fairly new. But I think part of it is really just making a plan to categorize your various items and then understand where they fit and what the timeline is that you're going to give yourself to get rid of some of those things. Like I said, there are some things that even though they're expensive, we don't need now. We have a mixer that Kevin got rid of last week because we didn't need it anymore. We upgraded. So there are things that we've just had around as extras or duplicates or they're nice to have, but really we don't need. They're not mission critical. Good term for it, mission critical. <laughs> so one of the options for getting rid of stuff that's big or expensive that or stuff you really think should go to a good home is like when we moved from Houston to San Francisco. That was a very fast-paced process. Judy was there alone. I was already over here in California. She was handling everything. And there just was no way she could do all the things she was doing and sell furniture, lawn equipment. We had a big yard with everything that you need to take care of that. And so a lot of it just went to friends and family. Really what we did was, well, what I did was to put everything in the garage and really just invite everybody over as if somebody had died. And it was kind of a free for all. Ow. Anybody who wants anything that we have, you're welcome to take it. I was just but in California. <laughs> But it honestly, it felt wonderful because our kids, when they were little, our boys had a, had a Brio train set oh, right. and it was sentimental to get rid of, but I felt so much better giving it to one of my nieces or nephews or cousins who had little kids. Yeah. And this way I felt like it wasn't going to strangers. It meant something to me. It took some of the pain off of ripping the bandaid off. Yeah, less of a sting if you're giving it to family and friends. The problem is we're kind of isolated out here. And there's not a lot of really local family and friends. So we're not going to have that option very much. Our kids don't want most of the memorabilia. They're, they're not necessarily anchored to any place either. So now our options are limited in that. And that's a shame because, you know, if, if family wanted furniture, I would love to have family to get furniture, but there's no way we can ship any of the bigger stuff. So we're kind of out of luck there. Our daughter at one point has recently said, you know, let us know, let me know what you're getting rid of and I'll come and kind of take a look. It just makes it easier to decide what I might want of someone else's. I don't need to have 20 things that will remind me of a specific person. For instance, I've kept around some old china that my grandmother had, and we used it every Christmas and holidays, Thanksgiving. And so I have memories tied to it. So when other people are coming to look at our stuff, friends and family and our daughter, my suggestion to her is, going to be take things that are going to be memories. But again, they have to be connected to her memories. 
Right. Or else they're not going to work. It's like, these are my memories and you should take it. That's not my memory, mom. So sorry. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I 100% agree. So one of the things I know I can get rid of very easily is my liquor. <laughs> It may be easy to get rid of, but how easy is it for you to let it go? Oh, I have no problem letting it go. I do need to have enough around here to do the episodes for Whiskey Risk, but most of the bottles I have have been reviewed and they're done. So Link in the comments. Yeah, link in the comments. So there's, there's really no attachment to that kind of stuff. I have some expensive bottles that I'm thinking of. Maybe those are going with me if they don't go away. But we had some friends over from Australia a few weeks ago, and I brought out several of my bottles that I've been keeping around because I don't want to sit around alone and drinking expensive whiskey. But when friends come over, that's a great thing to do. And we have a bunch of bottles of wine here, not as many as some people, but we have enough that we're not taking them along with us. But I know several friends, especially one that has a really nice wine collection. Might even want our wine cooler, which is a nice little fridge. Yeah, that kind of stuff can go. I don't have an emotional attachment to it. I would rather have somebody enjoy it. But again, it's I'm not charging them for it. We're not looking to make a profit off this move. That is not the idea at all. If we're giving it to family and friends, I don't need money. But if we're putting it out there to the world and trying to sell something, you put free on something that's expensive and you will be overwhelmed on these services with people clamoring for it. You put a little bit of a price and now you get the people who are serious and they actually want something. In fact, somebody just picked up something of yours that she's been looking for was too expensive. She said, I can I have those? I love those. I'll give you this much money for them, which was less than I was asking, but I didn't care. And she said, I'm local. I'll come pick them up. And it's my birthday present to me. And I said, well, that's fantastic. That feels really good to take something that we were just going to get rid of. And now it made someone's day because it was within our price range. And it's her birthday. I'll give a little more color to that. It actually was a pair of shoes that I bought, which were quite expensive. And I wore two or three times, probably twice. I really just wasn't enamored of that style of shoe. So it was super expensive, never wore it. But because it was expensive, I didn't ever get rid of them. If you don't wear it or you don't like it, let it go. Yeah, it's a choice all the time. And we have to make a lot of hard choices. And I think we're still on the easy process with a little tip of the toe into the expensive stuff, trying to get rid of the things we're not using. If we can get down to the last few weeks and we've got our closets empty and we've got our go bag packed and we're ready to just take off and all the rest of the stuff can be handed off to somebody else to take care of. And there are some services we've looked at that will do that. And some of them are just removal services like 1-800-JUNK, which I really don't want to do. We had our storage unit cleared out by a service and they were an eco service, which meant they really focused on reselling or recycling first. And there's another service that we're looking at that charges you to move the stuff out of your home or apartment, a very minimal amount just to cover the labor for the people doing it. And they basically sell it over time. You may or may not get more than 10% of your investment. But at that point, we've already decided that we've left and that's our last ditch effort. And it saves us time. So you always have to balance it out, or we do anyway. What's going to save us money? And then when we get down to it, we really are working on a time basis here. And time is so critical. We'll leave links in the comments for some of the services that we are going to be using. But if you know of any place that you would recommend, please let us know as well. We're always open to suggestions. We've gotten so, so much good advice, especially on European places. Like we thought we covered our top points and people were throwing stuff at us saying, yeah, but you know, Lisbon, yes, it's a city of seven hills, but most of it's flat and the tourist spots are on hills. Now, if you're looking at Porto, that's one big hill. So maybe you didn't get that right in your video. <laughs> you know, so anything you can help us with, we love it. Thank you. 
Right. We hope you're enjoying following along with us. And if so, we hope you'll give us a like on YouTube. Please also consider subscribing if you haven't already. Go to findinggeniemarie.com. We have episode information there and also our contact information for Twitter. And please share that website and our YouTube channel with family and friends. Until next time. Until next time. That's how I've been doing it for years. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what? I made a face. Okay. <laughs> I missed your face. Oh, I guess I'll see you later. <laughs> Great. <laughs> this is... I hate laughing because I know they're always going to end up <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's a trigger. I can't wait to see the face in editing. This will be great. <laughs>